Well, hello, friends, and welcome to His Mighty Hand, the radio ministry and podcast ministry of the Highland Terrace Baptist Church, located in Greenville, Texas. Now, in these few moments we spend together each week, you'll hear great and stirring interviews and powerful messages from the Word of God. But the reason for it all is so you can be touched by... Pastor Chet Haney here with the Highland Terrace Baptist Church podcast and radio broadcast. And I'm so excited this morning to have here in studio with me, Mr. Scott Martsoff. Welcome, Scott. So glad that you've come. Hi there, Chet. Thank you so much. Scott is a special person in our church life right now because he has taken on the enormous uh, responsibility and task of designing our new building. And many of you know who listen, uh, all of us know, of course, who are members of Highland Terrace, that our church has been through an interesting year building-wise. About a year or so ago this week, actually, June the 19th of last year, uh, we were unfortunately struck by a tornado. And uh, now about a year later, we're preparing to break ground on a brand new building that's been designed by you Scott, so thank you so much for the work you've already done. Well, thank you. And uh, we're excited. I had the privilege to visit a church that you built, Scott, over in Fort Worth a couple of years ago, way before the storm, way before we had the idea of building a new building, uh, at a friend of mine's funeral at Christ Community Church. And I just thought that building was so beautiful when I saw it. I was actually taking pictures and brought them home, showed them to my wife. And little did I know that I would even ever meet you at that time. That's it's pretty remarkable. It is. It's it's a remarkable thing. How God and, works. Yeah, and then we had a need, as I've just described, and a friend of mine, a mutual friend that we have, Bart McDonald, from the foundation, told me that I should meet you. And so we got to actually come to see you in Fort Worth to visit that very same building and its West Campus. And that was such an exciting day for us, and uh, we're so thankful now to actually be in um, a retainer agreement with you to help us build uh, what we pray and hope will be an equally beautiful building here on our campus. We agree. i got to say, uh, ever since we met with you and the building committee members at the church right. to kind of show you what we had done in the past, it just felt like a good connection. It was meant to be. And, uh, you know, we, we looked at two facilities that we had designed in the past. And the first one's a little bit more traditional, the second one more contemporary. And the blend of the two is really what we were seeking yeah. here at Greenville. And, uh, and I think that throughout the whole process has merged, uh, well together. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to have a beautiful building that was very functional and, and aesthetically pleasing at the end. So we're, we're excited about it. I am so excited. I've always thought that uh, excellence begins by design. You agree with that? I agree. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of what you do, isn't it? It is. It yeah. is. That's, we have been very fortunate to have designed many church facilities throughout the Metroplex, mm-hmm. and um, and we're very ha- very glad to be adding this to our portfolio and Amen. be able to work with you guys. Well, how did you get started building churches, Scott? I knew 25 years ago that I wanted to be out on my own and be an architect. 
uh-huh. I kind of as a leap of faith uh, went out and said, uh, I'm going to do my first church project. And at the time, I didn't know that that was what I would be uh, actually focusing on for actually my career. And so we did that one project and they went very well. And then God just started opening up doors for me and, uh, one after another. And the next thing I know, we've done 200 projects or more now, um, all, all church related projects. And it is, I've never gone out solicited projects. They've always come to us, thankfully, but good blessings of the Lord. And, um, you know, we just, we just walk through the door. The next time the door gets open, we go there and we've had some really wonderful opportunities to work for some, some beautiful people and beautiful, uh, projects throughout the whole 25 years. It must be very gratifying to see it all come together. It is. It is. As for right now, we're, we're looking at a pretty rough piece of land. And then mm-hmm. a year from now, hopefully we're going to have a beautiful church to walk in and dedicate. Right. That's going to be a fun time. It always is. Uh, you go through a lot of ups and downs throughout the, the process, but at the end, it's just very joyful. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Scott, what do you see when you look at a uh, an opportunity like this in terms of how to get started? Well, when we walked back, we came here months ago and kind of looked through the facility. I realized right away that you had this facility had a good start. Good bones is what I call it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it all started from the spine or what the, uh, the, what I call the atrium or what yeah. you guys call the atrium. I call it right. the spine because it's a connector for all the buildings. Isn't that something? I never have yeah. thought of it that way, yep. but it's a very apt description. That's right. And, and, uh, of course the piece that was missing is the worship center that you know needed to be designed but it was a uh, we had a really good piece of architecture to start with and a great opportunity to link into that piece uh, the atrium to create something I think is going to be very special for now and in future worship here yeah uh, at the church you know we uh, made a statement the night of the tornado that the church is not a building that's right uh, we said the uh, the church has not been damaged. Because the church is the people. That's right. The building was damaged, but our church is going to be just fine. However, there is something very important about a church building, and it really matters. It makes a great statement to the community. And um, what do you feel, Scott, from your perspective, are some of the characteristic uh, elements that make a church building important? Well, I think it has to be a, a visual symbol to the community as it one does. drives by. Uh, we, you know, we, we've seen a lot of churches that have basically just boxes yeah. with names on them and, and they're not very inspiring. So you're mm-hmm. really, in my opinion, we're looking for something that inspires you and wants you to go seek, uh, whatever ministry is happening at that church. And so for my goal and my challenge is to, to make that happen when we walk into a campus is to, to actually create a, a, a building that is beautiful, but also is welcoming. Yeah. And it actually is better when we get through than it was when we started. And yeah. I'd like to think that's what's going to happen here. And I really think, I think it will be the case. Well, I totally agree. One of the things I've said all along, I, I've tried not to have a lot of demands of, you know, this is how I want the church to be. I never wanted it to be about me. But one of the things, if I, could ask for one thing that I wanted. It was this, that the that the building we build will look like a church. That's right. I think it should. I totally agree. And it's funny because um, I've been asked by a lot of ministers and we go into the project. One of the very early things they say is, Scott, 
uh, we really want this project to look like a, this our building to look like a church. And I know what that means. Uh-huh. We've kind of gotten away from it in the years past. Yeah. And now there's a resurgence uh, for that beauty. And so it's inspiration. A, a resurgence of that desire. Yes. You see that among others. I do. Guys. I do. Interesting. Yep. Interesting. Uh, we had a lot of uh, young churches they're mm-hmm. actually seeking that too. The thing, the the ones that you would think that would be straying away from traditional forms right. are not. It's kind of like you're building a new building with an old soul. That's right. That's functional and modern and uh, high tech in in a lot of ways, but that carries with it an aura of reverence and, uh, as you said, it speaks to the community. When people drive by, they need to see something that inspires them to know that God loves them. And uh, one of the things that I like about your design is the central location of the cross, high and lifted up over the community. And that makes a great statement. I can't wait um, to see that happen on this building when we illuminate it um, mm-hmm. at night and just glows on top of the on top of the ridge of the sanctuary. Um, I think it's going to be fantastic and a great simple to community. It's going to tell a lot about uh, Highland Terrace, yeah. uh, what, how they speak and how they communicate to the, to the community. Yeah. Well, we're talking to the community right now, Scott, and there are listeners, uh, tuned in, uh, who probably never had a chance to meet a church architect like yourself. And, um, what would you say to a person maybe who's listening in today? As they're trying to interpret, uh, their own life and, uh, you know, trying to build your life, uh, once again, the building is important and the building matters. But what's more important is the, um, the call of God to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's what we are. We're the dwelling place of God. We're the church building as such. And how could you perhaps encourage someone today who wants to be a dwelling place for God in their life? Uh, to begin with excellence by design, so to speak, on a personal level? Well, um, one of the things that we have, if, uh, fa- uh, have actually done throughout the process of the design mm-hmm. is meet a lot of ministers, be with them, music yeah. ministers, worship leaders, and such. Yeah. And what I found is that through those conversations and through prayer, especially mm-hmm. prayer, Mm-hmm. that inspiration for architectural design will come out of it sort wow. of a natural way. Wow. So um, that's, that's been my experience in the past and, um, and it actually has been my inspiration. So we don't know what the solution is going to be when mm-hmm. we start, yeah. but we know that we want to do something special uh, for the right reasons yeah. uh, to worship yeah. and that God will provide. And it always has and always Amen. will. So, Scott, you are such a uh, blessing, and you're doing a very important work. Uh, could I just pray for you right now? Please. Lord God, I thank you so much for bringing this uh, church artist into our um, world at, at Highland Terrace, into our culture, and into our need at this particular time when we so desperately need to find a way to rebuild a worship center. And, Lord, we're just grateful for Scott and his uh, creativity but also his excellence and his hard work and his team. I thank you for Phil Armand Trout, who works with him, who's also here today. And I, I thank you, Father, for the um, amazing work that they've already done so unselfishly and so um, with such a giving and servant's heart to offer, to help us, Lord, in, uh, in the interim times and help us to figure out how best to set up chairs and how to serve our people and 
It's just been a, a great blessing for me to uh, get to know Scott, first of all, just by seeing his work, because his work speaks volumes of his heart. And I thank you, Lord, that now we're going to be able to work together on building this new building. And I pray, Father, when it's built, that this building will be a statement to our community um, of humility and also of power. Let it be um, a powerful statement of the goodness and the glory of God. And help us as we build this building, Lord, to do it with with a humble desire that it will be filled with conviction and with reverence and with the fear of God and that people can walk into our building and somehow feel the presence of God there and let it not be about man or any uh, really not about our church, Father, but let it be all about you. And I just thank you so much for Scott, Lord, and and how he's going to be helping us to achieve this. We just give this design and build process to you, and we pray that you will bless it. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Scott, thank you so much uh, for allowing me to pray uh, for you in that way. And it sounded a lot like probably what our um, groundbreaking service is going to be like on July the 5th, which we're very excited about, hoping that you'll be able to be there. We're going to have a golden shovel ready for you to help us dig and and uh, that's going to be a great day as we begin the process that we've been planning for for such a long time. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Thanks a million. Scott Martzoff of Martzoff Architecture. Your website is on uh, online and available. If people want to see more about your work, they can learn more about you there. And uh, thank you for partnering with us. It's great to have you on our on our podcast today. Thank you so much, Chet. You bet. Chet Haney, pastor of Highland Terrace Baptist Church, and this has been the His Mighty Hand radio podcast, and we're glad that you've been a part of it. And now here's the host of His Mighty Hand, Pastor Chet Haney. But it also, with that consistent connection, helps us to see and understand and perceive the Word of God. Let's go back to our song that we just heard from Karen. As clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Thank you, Karen. Could have had a more perfect song today. Nehemiah said in verse 2, verse 18 of chapter 2, I told them of the hand of my God upon me. And so they said, let us rise up and build. Now, I want to say a word about rising up and the reason it's necessary. I'm going to point out a low place to you. In the book of Nehemiah. It actually has a name. I'll show it to you in a little while. And you have to rise up in order to build your life, your discipleship, your your identity as a disciple. Um, We have to rise up in order to accomplish this. Well, what do we rise up out of? I want to speak to you today as you humbly desire and seek the hand of God and as you pay attention to what God reveals by his hand, I want to to point out a low place that I'm going to identify both spiritually and physically from the scripture today as a negative, critical, fault-finding... Spirit, which can become a tool of the enemy to distract God's people from rising up to that high place where God wants us to be 
that place where we rise up to build. Now, this spirit is embodied by a person, and I'd like to introduce him to you. He's a fellow by the name of San Ballot, S-A-N-B-A-L-L-A-T. Now, San Ballot had the spiritual gift of discouragement. <laughs> that was what he lived for, was to uh, try and to put fear and discouragement and criticism and distraction into the heart of Nehemiah so that he would not be able to accomplish what God gave him to do. Now, here he is in verse 19 of... Uh, Chapter 2, right after the people said, let us rise up and build, Sanballat got to work. He's called Sanballat the Horonite, and he has a couple of buddies. Uh, the, these, these folks often run in pairs or in twos or threes. There's Tobiah, the Ammonite official, Geshem, the Arab. Um, what did they do? What does verse 19 say? What did they do in response to the vision and the determination and the calling of the people to rise up and build, they thought it was a joke. They laughed at them. Uh, they despised us. And they questioned them. What is this thing you are doing? Will you rebel against the king? Well, what they didn't know was the king was the one who had given them the, the go-ahead in the first place and all the provision. They, they weren't really able to see all of that. They weren't able to see what the hand of God had provided because of their hateful, hurtful tongue. Do you know the Bible says in James, the tongue is like a fire. That little four ounce slab inside of the mouth is the most powerful muscle in your body. And it can do more harm to a family, to a marriage to a church family than I suppose any other muscle that we have. And Sam Ballot is a stereotypical fault finder of all fault finders. We're going to see this as we go on and look at another uh, place where uh, Sam Ballot tried to uh, infect the people with negativity over in chapter four. If you want to flip over there, let me just tell you about the dangers of negative people in your life. You can get caught up so quickly in negativity. As a matter of fact, I think our default, because of our sinful nature, is to go to this low place that I'm going to show you in a moment. In fact, have you heard the Garth Brooks song, I've Got Friends in Low Places? Well, I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of low places Christians can go besides the high place of the calling God has called you to rise up to today. Now, <clears throat> in, uh, in the book of Nehemiah, the low place is called, it's an interesting name, it's called Ono. And down in the place of Ono, Sanballat encouraged Nehemiah to come down and uh, come down from the wall because as you'll see in verse, uh, I wish we had time to really develop all of this. But as you'll see in uh, verses 17 and 18 of chapter 4, this negative, critical, fault-finding spirit had become so intense that the men had to work with a tool in one hand and a sword in the other. 
In fact, verses 17 and 18 tell us this in chapter 4. Verse 18 says, every one of the builders had his sword girded on his side as he built. Have you ever had a sword in your tool pouch, Byron? You know, I've got one of those leather tool belts my wife bought for me for Christmas years ago. And I love that thing when I get a chance to use it, load it up with my screwdriver and my pliers and my, uh, you know, all my stuff. But I've never put a sword in my tool belt. That's what they had to do. And uh, notice this place called Oh No. It's over in chapter 6. Uh, the Bible says it happened when Samballot, Tobiah, and Geshem, there's the three amigos of, uh, of negativism. They heard that I had rebuilt the wall. They heard that there were no breaks left, even though I had not hung the doors at that time in the gates. Sanballat and Geshem sent to me saying, come, let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Oh No. And I love what Nehemiah said. They thought to do me harm. I sent messengers to them, verse 3 saying, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Now, friends, I want to encourage you to adopt that phrase as your own starting today. I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down because can I promise you this? You're going to always have friends in low places, friends who will drag you down, friends who will tear you down, friends who will discourage you, friends who will criticize you with a fault finding spirit. One of my mentors said one time, Bill Tisdale, it doesn't take much size to criticize. And what you've got to be able to say is, I cannot come down because I'm doing a great work. I'm doing a great work of discipleship. I'm doing a great work of of fellowship. I'm doing a great work of ministry and evangelism. I'm doing a great work of, of helping and giving mercy. I am doing a great work and I cannot come down to that gossip-laden conversation. I cannot come down to that critical spirit. I cannot come down to that distraction that's really not important because I've got to focus on the main thing. And I love the name of the place. It's called Oh No. And that's what we ought to say. When somebody tempts you and tries to drag you down, you just say, Oh No, I'm not coming down. I've got a great work to do. And it's too important. Let me ask you a question. Who is that Savior on yonder cross? And from whence came the wounds that those drops of blood spill? What is he doing there? And who are those people yelling and screaming at him on the cross, demanding that he come down from the cross? And he says not a word, but his actions say it all. Because by his actions and by his courage and by his determination, Our Lord Jesus stays on that cross and he says, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Can I tell you something, folks? We're going to have to have a bucket load of determination in order to get where we need to be as a people. Because honestly, the building is going to be the easiest thing to build. 
The hard thing to build is the culture and the courage and the spirit and the obedience and the faithfulness and the witness of an evangelistic discipling people who open their arms even as we open our doors to the world. And we say, y'all come on in here because God's called us to rise up and build. And we may be discouraged and we may be criticized and we may be mocked and we may be laughed at. We may be misunderstood, but praise God, we're not coming down because we're doing a great work. It's the work that God's called us to do. Now let's bow together in prayer. Father God, in Jesus name, I pray your Holy Spirit today would give us that determination that comes not from stubbornness, Not from our human uh, ingenuity, but Lord, that comes from the conviction that the hand of God is on us. And that's all we need to know. And though we may discover from time to time that there are some who don't understand. And some who may not realize nor appreciate uh, what it is that you've given us to do. I pray, Lord, that you'll help us to stick with it. And stay to it. And see it through. For the sake of the future. For the sake of generations yet to come, Lord. I loved what I heard our men say the other day right here on this stage. That they're looking at this being a 50 year project or longer. A building that will serve the future. God, I pray that right now in this moment. To say nothing of the future, but right now in this moment, Lord, would you by your Holy Spirit give us the, uh, the sense of wonder and trembling amazement and understanding that we are right now this moment in this sanctuary. We are here in the presence of an almighty, all-powerful God. And how we invoke and pray and beg the blessing, Lord, of the touch of your mighty hand on us right now. I pray for the touch of your mighty hand, Lord, upon me and my fellow pastors who serve on staff on this church. What a privilege it is for us. Lord, would you please let your hand be upon us? God, I pray for our building committee as they move forward into this project that you would lead them with great, great wisdom and discerning spirits of understanding. Lord, would you let your hand be upon them? Father, I pray for our life groups and our leadership, our people, our deacons, and every single disciple who's here in this place today. Father, we pray this. Would you, God, graciously and generously, we pray, let your hand rest upon us now. Father, there are many uh, in our church. I, I, I think of Blanca, who's right here. Father, her husband on the building committee, he needs a touch of your healing hand right now. Many in our church, Lord, need the wonderful healing touch. Of your mighty hand. 
And there's a lot of brokenness in our church, Lord. Broken relationships and broken families and broken homes. There are broken marriages, Lord, that, that need the touch of your hand. We just humble ourselves before you now, Lord. Our nation is broken. Our government, our economy, it's broken down. Lord, our, our health as a nation is suffering the pandemic of a virus. It's been deadly, Lord. In many ways, Father, we need the touch of your hand to bring revival to our nation. Father, I pray that you'll give us the determination to know that with Christ, we can do all things. Without you, Lord, we know we can do nothing. But with you, Father, we have nothing to fear. And I just pray, Father, for the courage and the strength to step forward today into this project you've given us to do. And may it be for your honor and glory. Father, in this moment of invitation, we pray, Lord Jesus, that you would touch hearts. Father, I thank you for this good gathering of people we have here in the early service today. That there's someone here among us, a guest perhaps, who's come this morning and and needs to receive that wonderful salvation touch of your mighty hand. Please let them come right now. Thanks for listening today to His Mighty Hand, the radio ministry of the Highland Terrace Baptist Church located on Joe Ramsey Boulevard right here in Greenville, Texas. Join us each week at this time as we celebrate His work in our lives through 